What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down and chat with Jamie Phillips, former professional goalie and now current goalie coach. Uh, Before I get into the details of the episode, I just want to remind you guys the Patreon page is up and running. It's a great way to support the show. There's all sorts of extras on there. If you don't want to do that, if you could like, rate, subscribe, share, tell your friends, that would be great too. And if you just want to listen... That's awesome as well, and I appreciate you guys. As far as this episode is concerned, Jamie is a very articulate guy. He is very uh, well thought out. He has his beliefs on coaching, and he is open to learn and adapt and pivot. Um, This episode was great. I don't care if you're an athlete, if you're a powerlifter, any of that stuff. There's tons of applicable information on this episode. It's one of my favorites that I've done. I would say definitely top five. Um, He's a stud and a lot of what he has to say applies to not only, uh, you know, coaching hockey, but also powerlifting and life in general. So I'm really stoked about this one. Uh, I don't want to give anything else away. This is episode 152 of the TWC Stay Hated podcast. Enjoy it. to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Jamie Phillips, a goalie coach, uh, former uh, pro hockey player. He is a, uh, you know, he does PT. His Instagram is chock full of information. He's very articulate, came across one of his posts, and I just had to have him on the show. Love the mindset stuff, so I'm stoked to have him here. Jamie, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. I mean, it's Powerlifting, I, I work with a lot of powerlifters, especially on the nutrition side, but I was a little caught off guard when you <laughs> invited me on the podcast. So hopefully, hopefully some of the goaltending knowledge, and we talked before the show that you were a uh, former goalie, and I hope some of that carries over into you know your powerlifters. Yeah, man. So I kind of just like with this show, I just wanted to have like anyone who's passionate about anything. So I've had like, I've had people who work on like, a grape farm for fucking wine on the floor. You know what I mean? I've had everybody, like every sort of thing on here. So um, I saw one of your posts and I was like, man, like I think you were going over like the difference between like flexible goalies, non-flexible goalies and the pros and cons of each and positional stuff. And I was like, okay, this dude is like student of the game, which I really, I think that stuff's really cool because I'm very nerdy with the powerlifting stuff. So when, (laughs) when I see someone who has like a sort of a, like a nerdy outlook on positional stuff and all that. I fucking love it. So um, let's get some easy questions out of the way. Uh, How old are you? And like, what was sort of like your trajectory to, to get to where you are now? Like as far as your playing career? Yeah. So I'm 29 years old now. Um, I started playing goalie a little later than most. I started around like 11, 12, uh, I was fortunate enough that I got hooked up with a really good goalie coach from a young age. And thanks to him and also thanks to my parents a lot too, because they were able to support me both like financially and emotionally to go through the journey. I ended up doing really well in junior hockey, um, got drafted to the Winnipeg Jets in junior, played four years of division one college, signed in the NHL, um, 
played four years pro uh, while i was playing pro hockey my career trajectory went from being like a really high prospect to all right this guy's probably not going to be a career nhler so i needed to decide what did i really want to do in life did i want to grind it out in the minor leagues and you know just be like a suitcase goalie or did i want to do something else and i'd always been passionate about either becoming a physician or in working with athletes somehow in the rehab sense and so towards my last year of playing which was the 2019 season so right before COVID started i decided that okay like i'm like i'm done playing like this is my last year um i reached out to my old coach at michigan tech where i am now and i said hey like i'm looking at coming back to school I want to go to PT school. There's a few credits that I need. Would you guys be able to help me get a master's if in exercise science? Um, and in exchange, I'll be the goalie coach of the school. And so that, you know, that felt that happened, didn't fall through that happened, which was nice. And so I got my master's in one year and then I hopped into PT school. And so right now I'm in my second year of PT school and I know I'm getting long winded, but also in that, I started originally right before I retired, like a nutrition coaching business for athletes because I was always passionate about nutrition. I was a former fat kid. Uh, like I always hated my body <laughs> composition. I always hated my body composition. Like it was never, you know, I was never shredded. I was never jacked. I was just tall and like lanky and skinny fat. And towards like my end of my playing career, I finally started to figure it out. And so I was like, okay, this is what I, you know, I like helping athletes eat. And then that merged into like, I'm already training athletes. Why don't I start to train athletes? And then that's where it went through a few names. Uh, but now we finally land, I've landed on like Phillips sports performance. And I, tr I train majority goalies because that's my niche. But I do work, especially on the nutrition side with a lot of different athletes and because my old my old goalie coach and mentor is like a strongman competitor and owns a strongman gym, I actually work on the nutrition side with a lot of like really good and talented strongman athletes and strong women athletes. So I have a pretty diverse range. But when it comes to strength training, I primarily focus on goalies. Cool, man. Yeah, what a cool story. I uh, like the hockey journey for everyone is really interesting um, because there's no it's like one of those sports where it's like there's there's very few guys that have a direct line they're like oh i played high school then i played juniors then i played college then i played pro it's always like there's like these twists and turns and kicked down to this league and then bumped up and all this especially for goalies so i love hearing those stories because um like for me you know like i played college hockey for two years i i played junior hockey for two years before that and played all my life and all that um and it's really cool to hear people kind of i just we all know those kids who couldn't let it go mm -hmm. they couldn't you know what i mean and i respect it to a degree where it's like all right man like you know you're in your 30s and you're playing in like a six-team league in pennsylvania getting paid 200 dollars a week or whatever i get it you love hockey but there is something to the self-awareness uh that you had where it's like okay likely i'm not gonna be a starter for the jets here so what can i do with my life um and give it a sense of purpose that's really fucking cool uh, as far as your your pro uh stuff did you play were you mostly like east coast league or did you get bumped up to the a or like where did you where did you bounce around uh as far as that's concerned yeah i split most of my time between the american league and east coast i would say 
while I was on contract with the Jets, it was about a 50-50 split. And then um, I didn't get qualified after my second year. So I signed with Charlotte in the American League. And then I played the majority. I played all of that season in the East Coast. Then I went to Europe. I went to the English League and played half a season and then came back and finished in the East Coast. But yeah, most of it was just up and down. And I was called up to the NHL a few times, but I never got in a game, which always kind of eats me alive to this day. It would have just been really cool. But um, I mean, I, I have did no you dress, Did you dress? Did you dress at all? Or <laughs> No, so uh, I, I it was just like... I would get called up for like it was like paper transactions, which sure. was was okay because I would get paid them the NHL money. But all I wanted to do was like just just give me in there for five minutes, like that's all I want. Yeah. But yeah. it's never uh, so. Some people it's never that easy, and I was and I was one of those people. But that's just hockey and sport and life in general. Do you think that um, going through like being a goalie and having the whole like mental aspect of playing like being a goaltender i know from where i stand working with power lifters and and high school athletes and some college athletes like it equipped me with uh a way to kind of like articulate how to be ready mentally how to be mentally tough and like all of those sort of cliche things short memory that's mm-hmm. a big one you know what i mean like and explaining that to kids do you think that you're sort of like I don't want to call it tumultuous, but like the less than ideal tail end of your career and, and being a goalie and kind of bouncing around, do you, and I don't mean any disrespect by that. No, um, it's all good. But, but like, do you think that prepared you for dealing with maybe a, a high school goalie, a 15 year old kid who, you know, last weekend got lit up for seven goals. Like, do, do you feel like uh, your experiences kind of helped you on, on that end of things? This is actually a great question. And I appreciate you for asking this because I actually have a post on Instagram lined up talking about this, this exact thing. So I am a big believer in not going outside my scope of practice or knowledge in any way. And if I do, I try to preface it with it being based on experience, anecdote or opinion. And I didn't realize that I wasn't as mentally tough, quote unquote, as I thought until I got to like my second year pro and I began to like really, really grind with like performance anxiety and all these types of things. So I, I hired like a mental sports performance coach and it made, did wonders for me. So no shit. Yeah. So for me, like my, I think all, all that, like mind, like that mindset and stuff, it definitely helped. And I didn't have the tools. Like I read every single mindset book. My, my, my bookshelf in my room is just covered in like self-help and mind mindset books. But it wasn't until I hired a professional did it actually really make a difference for me. And so my DMs are full of, of kids from, you know, 12 to 20 and sometimes even adults asking like mindset things. And so I always make sure that I, I will tell them that this is my experience. This is how I did things, but I always refer out and I refer to the, uh, like Bob Broden. He's at align your mind, mental training. He's the guy that I worked with. And so I just, as soon as I ask, I like to dive deep as much as I can on Instagram and in my like, emails and stuff. And as soon as I realize, okay, like this is definitely like a mental block. I refer out because that's not my expertise. And it would be a disservice to me if I was offering advice that I'm not qualified or educated on giving. And so 
if it's something like, hey, Jamie, you know, how did you deal with this? And I can say yes, or um, I think my, my video that I'm going to post today, it's talking about a certain mentality of being like, coming into the game like some there's a there's a, uh, like a cliche where goalies always would need to steal the game and that's not the reality of goaltending the best goalies in the world steal one maybe two out of every 10 so 10 or 20 percent of the games they steal the rest of the time it, they just can't because hockey is not is different in the sports where there's so many variables and so I'll, I'll talk about how i prefer the mindset of give your team a chance but that is just preference and what i've seen through experience if someone's like hey like i have no confidence i i'm having trouble with consistency etc etc i refer out that's not my area i train goalies and the performance sense and that's what i'm comfortable with and i don't want to sell i don't want to lie or sell a goalie on a false promise just to get their money by saying like oh i played pro therefore i'm an expert in all things goaltending like i am very aware <laughs> of what i don't know and so if i don't know something i there's some i know someone who knows it so i'm just gonna send them that way if that means like you know i end up losing a client or that person moves on of course with someone else that's fine because it's not about me my time of being the athlete of the athlete journey is over my turn it's now my turn to create goalies and high performing individuals so that they can live their dreams like i was fortunate enough and i had the resources and the people around me to be able to do when i was younger dude that's so awesome that's such a refreshing cool thing because there is like in the fitness industry and i hate calling it that but it just <laughs> is what it is but like in the fitness industry like with what i do there is a lot of like um i don't want to say like snake oil salesmen but there's definitely people who kind of like reach outside of even their experience never even mind the knowledge you know what i mean like mm -hmm. like and the, like there are guys who reach and, and girls who, who reach outside of like you know, they're coaching people on stuff that they've never even fucking experienced before, which is like very bizarre to me. So I try to do the same thing as far as like, if I don't know if someone comes to me like injuries and stuff, I'll be like, all right, well, like if you've tweaked your pec, I've tweaked my pec. I know this worked for me. This is what I tried. But if you feel like it's a serious thing, go to a doctor. Like I, I'm not a doctor. I try to like push people away with that. But as far as the, the mental aspect, like uh, obviously you build relationships with these players you see them regularly and all that stuff like uh as far as the confidence thing that's something you brought up someone says oh i have no confidence and and all that um is there now you might not tell them hey this is how you deal with that but would that alter your training with that guy for that day like i know for me when i was going to i had a, the same goalie coach my whole career and if I was having a tough time and I wasn't being consistent, it was sort of like a, you earn your consistency by like going back to the basics. So he'd be like, that's cool, man. We're going to work on strictly fundamentals so that you feel like you can make that sort of like this, every save that you're supposed to make. Mm -hmm. And then the reactionary stuff, like just, you know, work on your athleticism or whatever. Does your physical training with, with a, with an athlete, change if maybe they're having a hard time do you believe in going back to the basics and stuff like that or is it like this is the curriculum for this week that we're working on and you work on your mental stuff with someone who specializes in that no that's that's also a really really good question um 
when I train my goalies I have right now, so the three division one guys I work with, you know, I see them a lot and I get a solid understanding of what's going on in their brain. So I am very aware of when I need to either ramp up or scale down any of the training. Uh, fortunately, my starter is very good. And so very rarely do I need, I don't really need to dial it back. I typically need to dial him because he gets sometimes gets really worked up because he's such a competitor and so it's more of my communication with him but i i, I def if the goalies need simplicity we will add in simplicity if the goalies need complexity we will add in complexity and if they are working with mental coaches i like to be on the same page as them so i often uh reach out so there's a goalie that i work with who just tore his meniscus this is on the mental side but he tore his meniscus and i was on the phone for with his his pt for about an hour trying to come up with a return to sport program for his strength training because i want to make sure that we're all on the same page because one i'm not a licensed physical therapist yet so i'm not like i can't offer medical advice or rehab but i can speak to professionals and create a great plan because that's the PT he's seeing every single day. He knows the athlete best in his condition. And so even if it's like a text saying, hey, so-and-so is ready to, to add in some squats again, then I know that. I can't just throw it blindly into his program. And you'll find that when, and I by no means I'm calling myself like the greatest coach of all time or anything, but when you look at the difference between like goalie coaches in the NHL and then goalie coaches that work with kids everyone thinks that it's some special crazy training in the nhl for goalies and that they need to train you know your kids the same way you train your nhl athletes and that's not true because guys in the nhl are so good that it doesn't really matter what they're doing for them it's all about confidence so like when you look at if you ever look at nhl goalie like sessions it's literally just T push out, get hit in the chest with a shot or stick, save, follow your rebound. There's almost no, yes. there's almost no teaching, no real development because what do you, you can't, what are you going to develop with these crazy outliers? Yes, you can tweak and fine tune things, but they're so good. That doesn't matter. And so you can't train a, a kid who's, who is new to hockey the same way because they don't they're not at that level they don't have those motor programs they haven't learned things they need to learn from mistakes it's okay if you do things that challenge them and they give up goals because confidence for a 12 year old kid who's just having fun is not the same as what you need to do with andre vasilevsky or shesterkin or <laughs> yeah. Price. they're completely different but you'll see that often goalie coaches who either don't really have experience at higher levels or just really aren't versed in like motor learning and motor development will try to bulk it all in one and it's not the case and there's and there's so many good goalie coaches out there but you know sometimes on you know the internet you see you often see the worst and i don't know why that is and i get frustrated when you see 12 year old kids wanting to do drills just like the pros because you don't necessarily need that type of training it should be a structured progression so that when you get to that level you've already built so much skill that you don't need to constantly be breaking down and tweaking things because you're already one of the best 
Yeah, man, that's so it's the you're talking to a conjugate guy. So when it comes to like overthinking shit and doing <laughs> wild stuff, I see it in my world all the time where it's like, you know, you've got a you know, a 17-year-old kid or an 18-year-old kid who's been powerlifting, he's done two meets and he squats less than 500 pounds, we don't need to give that kid uh, a reverse band. We don't need to give that kid some crazy variation to do, like, more likely than not, he just needs to, like, squat to get better. We don't mm -hmm. need to do these, like, we like to get better at squatting, he just likely needs to squat. Uh, whereas as if you, you know, I trained with, uh, the best powerlifter to ever walk the face of the planet, Dave Hoff, for years. And, like, his training is so much more dialed in, like, those little things. Like you said, it's, like, what's going to make you feel good, feel confident? And um, I actually – you bring up Vasilevsky. I actually just went and saw Tampa and Edmonton play down in Florida. I was down there for Worlds. And I was watching his warm-ups. I haven't been to a pro game in years and years and years. And I'm watching his warm-ups, and, like, he wasn't even really – he was, like, tracking the puck, but he didn't make, like – I'd say his save percentage in warm-ups was 50%. He was just, like, tracking it, moving towards it. Like, you could tell it was all just, like, him doing stuff that felt good, that made him, like, feel prepared. And it's really interesting that you say that with, like, those top-level guys. It's, like – they are so fucking good. And I'm just like based on like, you know, spectator and a guy who hasn't played the game in 10 plus years, but watching them, it's like, they're so fucking good that it's like, what's going to make you feel more ready. I don't know. Did you see that clip with Markstrom where he just got interviewed the other day? They're like, what happened on that first goal? And he's just like, I don't know, man, I just suck at hockey right now. And it's like an NHL goalie saying that after letting in a shitty goal and you can really see how like how big confidence plays a role. It's like Markstrom was unbelievable last year. Mm -hmm. He lets in a, he has a couple bad games here. Like you know, uh, Calgary's not great right now. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, I suck at hockey." It's like that's crazy. You're, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's one of the best goalies in the world right now. When you look at all of the goalies over, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the confidence stuff is really interesting to me with those guys at that level. Um, as far as so you said you handle a bunch of guys d1 um and you you know you help you help college athletes and stuff do you have um like a process for dealing with coaches and maybe what they think somebody needs versus what you think they need or do you kind of uh do they kind of give you the reins with that stuff because i know that was an issue when i played where it was like my coach for my team would maybe want me to do this. And then my goalie coach would be saying, no, we're going to do this. Uh, as far as like the guys you work with, do you get a lot of, of reins with that or do they kind of keep you in, in a box or whatnot? So I'm fortunate here where the head coach of our team, Joe Sean was actually my goalie coach, my last two years of college. And so he's a former goalie. And when I came in, I, I first thing I did is I'm big on communication between myself, coaches, and my athletes, and I really stress communication for my athletes and that they're not afraid to talk to their coaches. But when I came in, I asked how much, how much do you want to be involved with the goalies? And he just asked, he's like, how much do you want me to be involved? And I said, I don't want you to be involved at all. I want to, <laughs> I want, I want to be that bridge between 
you and the goalies so you know if he's mad he tells me and i'm not going to go yell at my goalies i'm going to say hey guys we need to be better we need to be better if my goalies are frustrated at the co ed coach for whatever reason they talk to me and then i basically translate that in an effective way where it's not you know it's a productive conversation and i think that's really important now if our if joe wanted more hands-on then that's something we work about even this morning i finished my lift and i go to talk to him and i say hey what do you think who do you think should start tonight and we we talk about it and, and then he's like okay what, first thing he says is what do you think and then i just tell him and he goes okay and i think maybe once in my last three years did he ever override me and i said what do you think about you know our starter starting and he goes no i want to switch this and i go okay why he gave me his reason and i go yeah i'm okay with that and we go from there and so i'm i I think it's really important in today's day and age to have a goalie coach. I know a lot of teams don't have it, whether that's based on resources or location or whatever. It's a super, super important thing because you're more than just a on ice instructor. You play the role of mentor and you know, you play communicator and telephone. And with my remote goalies, I don't I sometimes will ask them, I'd be like, hey, send me your coach's number and I will call the coach and ask them. And that's what usually I do in worst case. And I typically I say if the question if someone has a question of like, hey, I don't know, for example, you know, I, I keep messing up playing the puck. And I go, you need to go into your coach's office and ask him what he wants. Like you like be a pro. Like I know you're in junior, but you gotta step up and go and do this because one, it's good growth for your career. It's good growth for you as a person and a human being. And two is like you can't always have someone hold your hand so if it goes for some reason it goes poorly then i'll call the coach and i'll be like hey i so i'm so i'm this remote goalie coach like i'm just curious and xyz but it almost never happens because they go in and like coaches are usually in today's i don't know maybe i sound like maybe i sound old but in today's day and age communication with younger the younger generation is not very good so a coach when a kid comes and talks to a coach they're usually so caught off guard that they're like impressed by it and it almost always resolves itself. So it makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, man, I'm, th I'm 37. Uh, so I played during like a different sort of era. Like it was basically a closed door. Um, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I wasn't talking to many coaches as a goalie and it was, it was, uh, sort of the beginning of, uh, like paddle down, butterfly style type stuff um you know like if if my coach ever saw me go post to post without being on my feet it was a problem you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah there was, there was a there was a and i was a very like positional butterfly style goalie like as that transitioned into that so i had a lot of issues with coaches not liking how i played or whatever and and my goalie coach the, the communication was just different at the time uh, as far as being able to like go into a coach's office and be like, I think that I should not be getting yelled at for doing a butterfly save or they still were teaching. Like it was the transition from like open skate saves mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and two pad stacks to yeah. like butterfly positional stuff. So it was, it was difficult in that way. Do you run into 
like coaches that are kind of dinosaurs at this point or has everyone kind of moved on from that because i mean i literally had my junior coach he's since passed away right through you know uh rip he's, he was the best dude ever but when i played for him <laughs> we didn't get along great and uh he literally looked at me one time and said you've got the easiest job on the fucking team all you have to do is stop the fuck <laughs> like you have one job so just shut up and do it uh has that sort of like culturally changed inside of the game um i'm so removed from it that i don't really know the ins and outs of like you know especially you know juniors and, and college and stuff like there's no way for me to access that stuff so like has that part of the game changed where uh that that door is a little more open as far as that stuff and, and the newer styles of playing I definitely think so. When I played, I, I was, I guess I was more at the tail end. Like I've had coaches threaten to trade me between periods and yell at me and tell me how <laughs> horrible I am and how like I'm responsible for the team's loss. Like I, I had that and I'm sure that definitely exists to some degree. I don't think, cause I don't, I'm not in person with a lot of my junior uh, like teams. Uh, yep. I don't think it exists as much but i also think that there's been the idea of having a goalie coach as that line of communication that bridge is more widely accepted and so i don't think it's still an issue but i'm sure it exists at some degree on a lot of teams more than more than we expect and that's just it just is what it is i don't whether i don't whether that's right or wrong i don't know but and I think it's I think it happens less than when you and I played. Yeah, and I think it depends on personality type too, because I was the type of guy who like I didn't necessarily need someone to yell at me. Like I yelled at myself enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. probably the best I ever played was my first year of college when he looked at me and said, "My coach said you're going to start every game." and whatever you need in practice to do you can do and i don't care like you just tell me what you need if you have a rough night you want one off you can take a night off but like you do whatever you need and it was like that relaxing like okay i get to just be a fucking athlete and play mm -hmm. hockey and it was like the confidence level went through the roof um sort of switching gears a little bit i'd love to touch on the instagram post that you had the other day about uh, injury prevention versus being strong. There is this like weird thing. Uh, <laughs> we, we have a, a couple baseball players in, in our gym and our, I'm in um, the Northeast. I'm in New Hampshire, like an hour North of Boston and the sports culture here, as far as like weight training is I'd say 10 years behind. Um, so they're worried about people getting bulky. They're worried about, this and that and how you shouldn't be doing wide stance to anything because you're you know quote unquote never in a wide stance position uh playing sports which is like asinine to me but um as far as your injury prevention versus being strong i like i really that was like a gold post to me um where it's like if you're stronger you're gonna be more resistant to injury and whatnot can you kind of speak on that because uh it does seem that it's sort of transition from what I've seen with the high level guys. It seems like they are focused on being strong and resistant. Cause like the game is so fast and shit can happen so quickly. 
Yeah, so this is kind of the, I, I guess if there's anything that I am dogmatic about or the hill that I'm going to die on, it's really in relation to, I believe, goalies should be stronger and should train like athletes. Now, I was actually thinking about this this morning. So there's a few leaders in the goalie training space prior to myself, like kind of throwing my hat in the ring. And it's been a lot of this quote unquote sports specific training. And that's really where I was. That's why I decided to get into it and like, you know, not and like be more public because I was really frustrated because one, I trained that way and I know how it doesn't work, but also like it's, it's not, you know, everyone talks about evidence-based and then it's like, it's lit. And then well, the people that are also like, Oh, quote unquote, evidence-based are also like hundred percent anecdotal base, but <laughs> it's also literally not evidence-based. So like the way I'll get to the injuries in a second, but if you look at, you know, you can only, you can never replicate your sport in the gym unless like for you, you are a power lifter. Yes, you can. If you're an Olympic weightlifter, then yes, you can. If you are a baseball player, hockey player, soccer player, there's nothing you're going to do in the gym that is going to directly make you a better sportsman, let's say. Now, that's and that's okay because that's the purpose of practice. Practice exists for that reason to make you better at your sport. Now, the purpose of being in the gym is to make you a better athlete. You need to look at what physical and athletic attributes are required in the sport. So everyone, and this is the, I just like, there's so many things that drive me crazy, but everyone thinks that goaltending is this position of flexibility. And yes, flexibility makes up a large portion of it, but it's not as large as everyone thinks. You use your flexibility in times of desperation or times when you are behind the play and in a game that's maybe three four five times max because you have messed up everything else if you look at all the movements it's all explosive power and strength movements so why aren't goalies training to be explosive and powerful i i don't know because everyone thinks that these goalies are these special unique fragile individuals and it's no they're, <laughs> they're just athletes so let's train them as athletes and let's make them stronger and powerful by the ways we know make them stronger and powerful like olympic lifting or even modified olympic lifting like hot poles and high poles and snatch poles and anything like that and then they will become stronger and more powerful and then when they go on the ice they can then use that and train their body in the ways that it needs specifically but if you go on the ice if you go in the gym and do like half splits and you're just these modified drills trying to replicate your sport one it's not exact it's not truly sports specific so stop at marketing like that and two you're not are you getting as much power and as much strength as you possibly could if you did something like a heavy bulgarian or whatever and the answer is no. So for me, that's a waste of time. I actually saw a video, I'm not going to say who it was, of, their, of a very popular trainer who had their goalies doing on their knees, no gear, like starting a butterfly, power clean to their feet, and then jerk back into a butterfly. And <laughs> I almost vomited when I saw that because there's so many things wrong with it. But I, sorry, I went on a tangent. But when it comes to injuries, so like, I, I didn't, like, you don't know what you don't know and so i'm never gonna like i'm not gonna like rip people apart if they don't know something and so for me i think probably the 
best thing for my coaching and training career is the fact that I'm getting my doctorate of physical therapy because I'm learning so much more about the body and the muscular cells, the system, the nervous system, than like eat like even my masters or any of that could have taught me. And so when you look at the research and evidence, there's no evidence to show that flexibility prevent only like prevent reduces the likelihood of injury and you know to be honest there's not even a ton of research that shows that being stronger prevents that either however there is a little bit more so i kind of my bias falls into the stronger is better but it comes like everyone wants to prevent injuries and what can i do to not get hurt and i don't want to get hurt this year there's there's nothing okay then don't play your sport i don't know what to tell you <laughs> because you know for a goalie that post like you're just gonna get if a guy comes over and runs you over and blows up your knee there's no amount of stretching or squatting or anything that you can do that's going to help you because that's the sport and that sometimes just shit happens now being stronger is are you going to be a better athlete and are you going to have some more resiliency around your joints and especially for a power lifter like look your sport is loading your joints and your muscles under heavy 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 loads so if you are stronger your body is going to be able to handle those loads more and the same goes for goaltending goaltending is just your joints getting absolutely the sh they beat up and the shit kicked out of them from butterflies and stuff so let's be stronger is being stronger going to necessarily guarantee you prevent injury no just as if being super flexible is that going to prevent your injury no so it's it's okay to be strong and it's also okay to be flexible it's not like you have to choose and at that point because maybe you just catch like i i had a high and low ankle sprain one year when i played pro because i caught an edge and i rolled over my ankle now if you go and be like oh the you know was that atg the atg guy the knees over toes guy like he'll be like oh well your ankles were weak and you didn't train bare this no it's not how it works man i 200 <laughs> i'm 200 pounds you throw 200 pounds over your ankle when it's in a position it's not supposed to be it doesn't matter what you do you're going to get hurt and that is part of sports so let's let's and it's hard because like we're fighting against social media and we're fighting against like charlatans who are trying to sell something and i'm never against trying to make money but you can make money and have a product without like lying to people or like being selective in your evidence you know if and so that's where like all of it just drives me absolutely crazy because look i'm just i'll say like hey i do like end range mobility stuff for goalies because it's going to strengthen a lot of the muscles that you don't really use that's going to help hip resiliency is it going to guarantee you never get injured no but is it going to make you a better athlete yeah and in the long run may that prevent your injury yeah possibly but i don't i don't know so it's okay that i don't know that but if someone's saying oh yeah i'm going to prevent all your injury with my sweet rehab program then it just doesn't work that way but it sounds way cooler to pay two thousand dollars for this sweet rehab program that guarantees quote unquote you don't get injured compared to someone saying like hey i can't guarantee anything but if you work hard i'm gonna make you a good athlete and if you get hurt like we're gonna do everything i can for, to prevent you from getting injured but if you get absolutely blown up when you go to play the puck behind a corner and you have a concussion like i don't i can't train you i can't train that out of you yeah and it kind of is like one of those things where you can't guarantee, you know, I have like same thing with my lifters. It's like, there might be a day where you do everything perfect and 
your pec tendon just says nope too much and you blow your pec up like that shit happens but if you have a strong upper back and you have strong external rotation and you know all this stuff with your shoulders like you can make it less likely the same yeah. way it's like uh you know, I, you know i know you posted Comrie, you know hurting his knee and, and all this stuff and it's like yeah that was a shitty situation and that sucks like you know someone fell on him and, and his knee twist it's like that shit happens but if you have strong hamstrings then the non-contact injury mm -hmm. might not happen because you have strong hamstrings so your knee is more stable or whatever and i i totally can um i can empathize with the like looking at social media and seeing someone who maybe gets more eyeballs on them or uh is more quote-unquote successful selling like a line of bullshit um because i i see it in like where i'm at like uh with powerlifting i see it all the time um and so i understand that like <laughs> that whole like why are people listening to this person feeling or like you know this stuff is outdated or that's like you said selective with what evidence they're talking about um and i definitely have seen that but there's like a you know there's a point where it's like strength uh i forget who said it somebody said it uh in my world it's like strength is never a weakness it's like if you're not losing any flexibility mm -hmm. then why would being strong ever be bad like it, it you know it's like why would having strong shoulders or you know glutes that actually work be a bad thing it's always going to be a good thing um and i i'm, I'm in that I'm in that boat, like I said, like my, I, I'm open about my bias being towards stronger. Is there, can you find meta-analysis and stuff that say otherwise? Yeah, possibly, but you're also going to find meta-analysis. They're going to say that flexibility isn't a determining factor of injury prevention. And so like you have, so anecdotally, I, I see more strength being beneficial, but like, I also think it's important. Like I'm a very big stickler on like, <laughs> the worrying like the vernacular and like semantics of things so like when i talk to an athlete i i i don't like the term injury prevention because to me that kind of sounds like an absolute i'd like to just say reduce the likelihood of injury because that covers all your bases because yeah being stronger pro like like you said, like if you're stronger and your shoulders are stronger and your tendons are stronger, the likelihood of you getting injured has decreased. It's not 0%, but it maybe has decreased enough for you to not get injured and be fortunate. But if you say like, oh, I'm going to prevent injuries and you get injured, then you just lied to somebody. So I, I'm really, I just like being honest and open. And I think the fitness, I guess I, I technically am in the fitness industry. I think the fitness industry needs more of that and i don't like i think people will still be able to sell their programs and make money but you don't have to be a charlatan you don't have to be a like uh what's that guy's name there the uh the 90 the eccentric isometric guy there oh yeah no uh, the, seedman you don't have the thing is with, <laughs> with him the problem is is like he's so far down the rabbit hole that yeah, there's he, no he, coming back <laughs> he can never not train anyone like that and obviously i don't i still don't understand how, how well, i i don't know people people aren't yeah you know, people aren't educated on these things and so it's easy to sell to people that don't know but like he I mean, anyone who references their own opinions as fact you should just run away from 
but like he can't he can never come back whereas if someone is open and like i don't you know like my training philosophies change like i like west side conjugate i like triphasic i like french contrast i like all these things i like linear period periodization or like linear progression for my younger athletes and because i don't know what's exact what is going to get them to be where they need to be until we start to try different things and so like i you know, I'm not going to sell you, you the knees over toes program because that's maybe that's what they need. And so I'll add in those exercises, but maybe it's not. And that's okay if that's not what they need because everyone is different and there's no one size fits all. And it's our job as coaches to find out what that works for you. If you have a power lifter and they're going to respond much better to high volume, low intensity phases before they peak and get into intensification, then that's okay. Whereas, you know, if you have taller, a tall athlete, maybe they need higher intensity, low volume because they're just moving more load, more distance. And that's okay. But well, we can't train everyone exactly the same. And I think that that idea needs to be more popular, especially in goaltending, because everyone thinks like, what is Vasilevsky doing? And I've made a post on survivorship bias because it doesn't matter what Vasilevsky is doing because you're not him and you, will never, <laughs> yes. and you will, and you will never be him. So how about you look at the things that work for him? Look at the things that didn't work for other people that aren't there and then play around and tweak what works for you and what you're most successful with. And that's okay. If your path there is different. I, I think I made a post about something. Oh, about flexibility, the, the flexibility versus stiff goalies. And all I said was that flexible goalies that are naturally flexible often default to their flexibility. And when they're younger, their ability to read the play sometimes isn't as strong as a goalie who's stiff, who doesn't have that flexibility to fall back on. So they need to be better in the play. And I had all these comments saying like, oh, like, I can't believe you'd use Robin Leonard as your example. Like the guy's so bad. One, Robin Leonard has been in the NHL his entire life so yeah. what it That's doesn't crazy. it doesn't matter so you should never you, if you unless you are an nhl goalie you can't make fun or chirp nhl goalies and then like, i think i said something i was like the guy i think i call i always like try to like clap back in my comments because i don't care and the guys like and then the guy followed up was because i said like oh but he, robin leonard's been a career nhl goalie so whatever he's doing works for him and he goes yeah well rick DiPietro was an uh, nhl goalie too and i was like yeah rick DiPietro's laughing his way to the bank right now it doesn't matter yeah, what <laughs> like yeah. like it's just everyone just i think it was with sports like everyone's just so opinionated and passionate about certain things that it's just like and i hate to be nihilistic about it and maybe i just am a more nihilistic person it's like so many things don't matter so why are we thinking and talking about them but here we are everyone wants to be like vasilevsky when they're more of a you know whatever a jake allen a super stiff goalie who's boxy okay so let's maximize your game as a super stiff boxy goalie because jake allen is also in the nhl and has a stanley cup and yeah, he isn't as technically proficient as Vasilevsky, but does it matter? No, because he is also in the NHL and is rich and make and has a great life. So you can get there. It's not impossible. So don't feel bad if you are not as flexible or you're overly flexible and your ability to read the game isn't good. Just focus on what you need to focus on and be you and be the athlete and the goalie that you are. And that's where like that's where I kind of try to get my message out because everyone's different but no one 
in hockey or i think in goaltending like everyone i I don't know i think and i apologize for rambling but i think everyone like has like everyone that runs a private bit like a private coaching business they need to get clients in because you got to put food in the table and i get that and no one wants to speak up or speak out and i think also they don't want to be hated in the hockey community because i get it because if you're hated or or ostracized it's hard to make money and you got to feed your family for me i i'm not i guess i'm not really trying to i don't actively try to be hated but i will call out bs because i am not trying to be an nhl goalie coach if it happens great but that's not my goal and you know if everyone hates me and i never get another client in coaching because i've said things that follow evidence or follow like evidence-based anecdotes and is sort of quote unquote like the truth i guess the truth can be relative but the truth then that's okay because i'm also in a position where i can just go work in a hospital and be a physical therapist and have a good career and so i'm not afraid to be like hey like you know training this way maybe isn't the best way to train come train with me and we'll find the best way for you and i think that that's an important distinguishing factor between myself and other coaches where i am okay calling out nonsense which is also why like a lot of goalie coaches will repost and retweet or whatever my stuff because i'm the one saying it and they're not and that's okay (laughs) that's that's what i want i want that because i don't want someone to do something they're uncomfortable with and let risk losing money because I'll, I'll do it for you because I would rather use my experience and my education to try to get things on the right track in terms of overall athletic development for goalies. And that's my overall end message with everything. Yeah, dude, I love it. And dude, don't apologize for rambling. I love like everything you said, you could literally take and like insert like powerlifting jargon and it'll be it'll be the same it's the same fucking thing like well what does dave hoff do for his you know he's benched 1047 like what does dave hoff do for his bench press it's like a bunch of shit that doesn't work for you because you can't bench two plates yet we like you know that is you can't compare yourself and uh i really like that like my dad coached for years he he coached me forever and and he's been involved with coaching athletics you know basically my entire life and something he always said to me that stuck that is very in line with what you're saying is he would say like if you find out you did something wrong or something's changing just be honest with your players or your your whoever you're coaching and say like hey i know i thought this was the best way I've recently learned this. So we're going to sort of pivot and do this thing. Uh, and people trust you more when you're willing to do that. Like if you say to yeah. a goalie, like, Hey, like, you know, uh, RVH versus VH or whatever you're doing, it's like, okay, we used to do it this way. We've kind of figured out that this way might be better. People are going to trust. No, one's going to be mad at you. They're going to trust you more. They're going to say like, Oh, this is the fucking guy who can, uh, who's willing to change. Like, okay, maybe you've got one guy who, like you said, like a tall lanky guy is going to get different programming than, you know, a guy who's a little more stocky Mm -hmm. or, you know, a little more boxy or whatever verbiage you want to use. I think that's really fucking cool, man. And I think with, like the hockey culture is kind of can be stuffy as far as like speaking out. It can be a little uptight and, you know, like, um, you know, obviously there's like the wild side of hockey culture, which is great. But as far (laughs) as like coaches and stuff, like it seems a little stuffy. So I think what you're doing, man, is, is really 
fucking cool where it's like you'll say like you know that's that's bullshit or this it doesn't make sense and this is why and this is what we're doing while also not being crazy dogmatic and saying like you are the end all be all so i really really respect that dude because uh where i you know where i sit and what i've done in the past and how i coached people three years ago is not the same as how i coach them now because like everything is changing all the time so you might as well roll with it and learn all the new things I definitely appreciate that. And it's a, it's an important thing that gets lost. Like an example is I had, I, when I first came out and I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this on Instagram. I did come out of the gates a little hot and heavy where I, I didn't call people up by name, but I definitely did like some call out posts. I don't really do that anymore just because I, I just, I'm not trying to start wars or anything, but I, I had one where the person was doing like a half split, shoulder press so like they're on one knee and they're the first their power lifting audience they're on one knee one leg is extended so kind of like a, a groin stretch and they were doing shoulder presses and I, I made a post saying this is dumb i just said like this is dumb are you what's the goal here are you trying to stretch or are you trying to get stronger shoulders because you can't have your cake and eat it too and they'll end up i almost blew the the name off the per the trainer who who I was quote unquote calling out made like a 20 minute response video on YouTube. And I loved it because it gets people talking, but the rationale was trying to increase time under tension. And then, so and I saw that and I was like, well, that's again, that's dumb. If your goal is to increase time under tension, there's much better ways to do it to stretch your groins and also not waste time. Like if you want to stretch your shoulders, just stand up and do a military press or sit and do a seated press like it just it's so like it's dumb don't don't do dumb things and all my athletes have heard me say that many times like don't do dumb things and i use it as a joke because it's really like it and, it, and like and like you said before uh, it, like for i i put all my training vlogs on like patreon just to help support me it's five bucks and anyone that watches it and you i have everything mic'd up you'll hear me often tell my goalies i'll be like i i don't know what like one of my goalies is he makes saves out to the side instead of out in front and i've been working on it working on it working on it and sometimes i'll say like i don't know like i need to ask my goalie coach or i need to ask somebody because i genuinely don't know how to solve this and so what we're going to do is we're going to keep working on it and maybe something clicks but i need to ask someone and i think it's okay like no one knows everything there's a reason that like there are specialists in all types of medicine like you don't go to your family doctor for your you know whatever your gallbladder surgery you go to a you know surgeon and everyone in the fitness people seem to act as if they are all knowing and all encompassing and it's not the truth nobody knows everything and the best coaches are the ones that have like a good team either behind them or have buddies and friends or colleagues that they often refer to because that's going to give you the best chance of creating a successful athlete yeah that, like just to kind of touch on the stretch with the overhead press thing like the way that i say it to people with that sort of stuff is like listen like if you had to teach a math class in spanish and you didn't know math or spanish you wouldn't go to a class to learn math and Spanish at the same fucking time. Yeah. You would learn Spanish, learn math, and then apply it to telling someone in Spanish about math. So it's like, hmm. we have all the time in the world, so why are we trying to do, it's like, oh, well, I'm trying to work on 
flexibility and strength at the same time and it's like no 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 like you can do those two things like, yeah. like unless you get you 30 trying- minutes in the gym a day and that's it that but and then like, i think i apologize for interrupting and that You're trainer because I, I, I remember that trainer and the ultimate conclusion was there's like oh there's many different ways to get there and i I, I I don't know where I maybe I don't know maybe I came up with this analogy or I heard it for someone. I love it that yes, there are many different ways to get there. Just like doing a half split push press is doing a little bit of groin stretching and a little bit of shoulder work. But if you're trying to go from New York to LA, you can drive, you can take a train, you can get in a boat and go down through the Panama Canal and come all the way around. And those are <laughs> and or you can hop in a plane or a private jet and get there even faster because those are all methods of transportation just like those are a half split push press is the same as just a push press or focusing on stretch. they're all methods of training and strength training but some are objectively better than the others and it's our job to create programs that are objectively the best for our athlete and their needs and that's where i think things get lost is like yeah like i can do everything all at once or you can just get really good and get strong shoulders on a tuesday and then on wednesday your rest day we're going to focus a lot of mobility and then you get way more bang for your buck because you're taking that plane to la and you're not taking the boat to la and so that's like it's just crazy it's just crazy sometimes that people people just i not i don't know sometimes maybe i'm the crazy one but who knows but some things are just better than others and it's okay and it's okay to say like ah maybe this isn't the best exercise yeah man i just like i very like uh we've got very similar thoughts on this stuff just in different industries because i totally agree with you on a lot of this shit man because uh and and to me it's kind of a no-brainer uh but to other people it might not be so i think what you're doing is really cool man um well hey dude we're, we're coming around to an hour i like to end the shows with a very simple question for the guests depending on who they are and uh what they've been through and all this stuff obviously you've had a lot of experience you're clearly very good at what you do you're a student of the game um you're very articulate and all that if you could give uh just like if you could just slide a post-it note <laughs> to your to your younger self uh, maybe, you know, early twenties or whatever with your career, what's a piece of advice you would give yourself as a young man, um, that maybe you wish you had been told or something that you're trying to convey to your athletes, just like, a like, Oh, you know, whatever it may be a short little thing that whether you would have paid attention to it or not is another story, <laughs> but something is something you wish you knew back, uh, wish you knew back then as a young man. Yeah, this is, this is a great question. I actually already have my answer, so I don't have to think about it because it's something I think about all the time. And my answer would be go like Jamie, go train and be an athlete. And like, I know like everyone has their opinions, but I would honestly tell myself to go and like do CrossFit or something at a time, something where you're training to get stronger and explosive and not train like a goalie quote unquote, just go get stronger. Like I definitely did not maximize my hormonal potential going through puberty and I'm paying for it now at 30 years old. I'm not as nearly, <laughs> not as nearly as muscular as I would like to be. Um, but yeah, I would tell myself, yes, just go train and become a really good athlete and go work with a nutrition coach or someone to clean up your goddamn diet. <laughs> hell yeah dude that's awesome hey man when can uh where can people find you if you know social media if someone wants to get you know if there happens to be a goalie listening someone wants to get coached online like all your stuff like 
just pump all your stuff out so anyone can find you. Yeah, my social media is at jamiephillips30 on Instagram. I'm the most active on Instagram. Uh, my website for my business is philipsportsperformance.com. Everything there, if you need to get a hold of me, whether goaltending or whatever is your sport, uh, I love to answer questions or at very least point you in the right direction to someone who can answer questions. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, guys, that's all we got for today. Make sure you're following my personal page, AnthonyCW13, uh, the trigger warning page, trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate, and the gym page, Anchor Athletics NH. We've got a meet next weekend. We've got a bunch of sponsors. It's going to be fucking so cool. The setup is going to look awesome, so make sure you keep your eyes up for that. That's all we got for today. Thanks again for listening to the TWC Stay Hated podcast, and as always, stay hated, motherfuckers.